0: Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weingrich.
1: Hi, Noah. What should we talk about today?
0: Well, today I think uh, you have a stack of old books in front of you, old cocktail books, which is always a good sign. A topic that is near and dear to both of us is uh, forgotten classics. Uh,
1: That sounds great. Classic cocktails we love. The only problem is... There just aren't enough of them.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say this is kind of a busman's holiday for you because I feel like every day – Somebody is calling you, emailing you, texting you, faxing you. You know, uh, friend messaging messages. However, smoke that, signals, right? From, I, I mean, literally I have to go up on the something. Literally, I feel like yeah. it, it must be pigeons are coming with you know messages. You know, asking like, "Have you heard of this cocktail?" It's like the main
1: like, hall at Hogwarts at mail time. <laughs> <laughs> in my house,
0: exactly. The Raven <laughs> yeah. is coming. All joking aside, though, I mean, you're literally getting messages from around the world for people saying. I found this drink, or I heard about this drink, you know, what's...
1: Can you tell me the history of this drink? Right. I, I need a paragraph on the history of right. this drink. And it's bartenders who, English is their third language. Right. You know, bartenders from South America, right. from Germany, from Latvia, you know, from... All over. From Asia, all over. And uh, they're always asking for the history of, you know, some cocktail that appeared once in a book... I don't know the history of it. It's right. impossible. Right. Very few histories. Uh, let's say very few cocktails are lucky enough to know who their parents were. Right. <laughs> you know right. the cocktail books are orphanages for the <laughs> most part. <laughs> I mean, we just don't know. I mean, it's very hard to dig this up.
0: There's a great line you you wrote a story for the Daily Beast recently about the history of the Martini and kind of unearthing all of the facts that you've been able to find. Over the years, which is a real amazing treasure trove of, of facts. And, and there's a line there where you say, you know, anybody, I'm paraphrasing here and now butchering it, but, um, you know, anybody who was there, you know, who wrote down the history, left it in their pocket and then washed their pants. Yeah. You know, yeah, like,
1: they sent it out to the laundry <laughs> because nobody wrote this stuff down at the time.
0: Right. I mean, again, it wasn't like, that important. In, in that story, too. I mean, yeah. you make the analogy to music, to jazz, you know, with some mm-hmm. of these great. Songs being written, you know, innovation. Most people who were there, saw this. I don't, they either, A, didn't realize that they were seeing history being made, or B, they didn't think to write it down, or, or it wasn't kept. I mean, it's just not.
1: No, it was popular culture. You know, right. this was before. It's getting harder and harder uh, as we move into the 21st century to remember what life was like before the Internet. Right. You know, people these point. days are used to being able to look anything up. And there's always, you know, some blog about something. When stuff happens, it gets announced, and yeah. we're used to that, you know. And, and fair enough, we're used to uh, if we don't know how to spell something, you uh, type it into your phone and you get suggestions. Words
0: are it's just fixed. Yeah, it's just, it's just fixed. Dude, you know somebody doesn't know a song? Like I can play you any song, basically. Yeah, you know, like I, I. It's that kind of knowledge that we now take for granted. In a so mature way. if there's a
1: new drink, the name uh, back right. back then, the name was something you heard over a bar. So you'd yeah. get like eight different spellings of it. And if you look through old cocktail books, you see so many different spellings, especially once cocktails start going uh, around the world. yeah, and people are spelling everything phonetically. They've got no idea. So, I mean, the history of the martini, is really difficult. And that's the most famous drink in the world, yeah. you know, and always has been since it's practically since it came out. In the first three or four years uh, that we have records of people mixing gin and vermouth, the same drink is called the Martine, the Martinez, right. Martini martini igny right. you know and that's that's just phonetics it's right. it's a busy bar and somebody says i heard about this cocktail it's gin and vermouth it's a martini or it's a martine or it's a blah blah blah, blah.
0: during that period a lot of people didn't write you know or read i mean it was just something that uh, you know, certainly it was, not about cocktails right. you know it was something that was completely you know yeah it was, it was it was bar knowledge. culture that was right. not
1: considered worth writing down. There are bar books. Right. There are very few, you know, some of the greatest most famous bartenders uh the the people who were the real masters of the craft never wrote books. Right. You know, so we just have like their names. Right. And we don't, we don't know what other drinks they had. So the history is all we can do is find out when it gets mentioned and uh, where and try to look for patterns. So when it comes to uh, – and th- that's for the, the, the really popular right. drinks. Old cocktail books are full of other drinks. Right. Some of them are good. <laughs> Most of them are not. That's the right. problem.
0: I imagine a lot of those recipes and those cocktails too. It's, you know, I, I heard that some guy across town is using vermouth and, you know, gin to make a drink. What proportions, like I don't, you know, who knows? Like, yeah. you know, and I'll, that's a, I'll come up with my own. Right. And that's yeah. at least a simple one. But like where it's you know, more complicated ones, you know, that's why maybe things are added or taken away. Mm-hmm. Or you find some recipes that have, you know, twice as much whiskey as, you know, another one, or who knows?
1: It gets really complicated reconstructing this stuff, even from even if you have a recipe, as right. you say, the ingredients change, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, I spend time, and other people, especially now, we've got every every bar has to have a cocktail list. You right. know, every new bar, or at least everyone that can can afford a PR agent, needs a cocktail list, and uh, every restaurant has to have a cocktail list. And so, people are looking constantly for these forgotten classics. It's like a drink with a history that isn't a martini, a Manhattan, an old fashioned, right.
0: or a daiquiri. You or, know, or or as we've seen recently, sometimes some of these bartenders are even faking you know, forgotten classics. Oh, right. They're 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 coming up with drinks that, you know, supposedly people drank in this hotel, in this bar restaurant a hundred years ago. And, you know, either either it's a total fabrication or it's very, very loosely tied to possibly what somebody might have drunk there.
1: History sells, you know? People need history for these drinks. Right. If you're gonna sell a drink, a story is as important as visual appeal or anything else. And so that's why I get all these emails, Yeah, you know, as like Mr. Cocktail History. People have a drink on their list. They've gone through the trouble of looking through these old books. And uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But they've found a, a drink and they want, like, they want to know who invented it, right. where, when, what brands were used. And, yeah. you know, all I could say is I've got no earthly idea. Name
0: some brand that's long gone. Yeah. Like, what what's this, the modern substitute or...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, some of these, well, let's, let's talk about some of these old forgotten cocktails. Uh, If you take a drink, I brought a couple of these drinks books. Uh, I've got one here uh, by Jacques Straub or Jacob Straub, as his real name was, uh, published in 1914. And it's. One of those, uh, what our friend Robert Hess calls a wad of drinks books. Yeah. It's just recipes and lots of them. And, all the known recipes, you know. And, it,
0: and it's aptly named drink, drinks. Drinks. Right? Yeah, that's, that's all it is. And
1: it's, it, it's a little it, bartender's vest pocket
0: reference. I was going to say, it's yeah. sort of a long rectangle that yeah. totally could fit inside of a coat, you know. Exactly. And, and it, it, it does – I know the copy that I got doesn't have a dust jacket and it has – but I there is one version. I mean our – was that the version that did have a dust jacket like in nineteen fourteen no no,
1: this was just a uh you know it was just for bartenders to yeah. stick in their pocket. It wasn't a yeah. fancy book, yeah, so it was a it was a professional manual and it's got page after page after page of lists of cocktails at first glance. that's really exciting is I'm going to get a lot right. of great drinks out of here. Then you start looking at them like the Mauser cocktail, half jigger Italian vermouth, half jigger dry gin. That's a martini. Right. I mean, it's a sweet martini. Right. Oh, and then one bar spoonful apple brandy. Wow. So you put in a bar spoonful. That's not right. a lot. Right. You know? And then, or, or there's the Narragansett cocktail. Two thirds Jigger rye whiskey, one third Jigger Italian vermouth, one dash absinthe. So a Manhattan with a dash of absinthe. Oh, and an olive, which sounds right. disgusting. Oh. Yeah, you know, and it goes on and on. The, the drinks are variations, yeah. tiny variations on the classics. And when you do find something really new, it's often uh, with ingredients that we can't get anymore. Right. You know, and it makes it really hard. Uh, I'm looking at a, another book I brought, this great German book called Rund um die Bar by this guy Nehrath from 1930-something. And it's a, it's a beautiful book. A real great compendium of everything he knows about cocktails, photos and ads and illustrations. But you run into the problem is the drinks are either standard, like right. the same ingredients, or they call for ingredients that we just don't have anymore.
0: Do you speak German or, or enough?
1: I speak enough to uh, read a cocktail recipe.
0: Right, right. That's
1: as far as it goes. Right. You know, <laughs> could I read a newspaper? Hell no. Right. Uh, here, here's a, Here's a classic one. The Welcome Stranger Cocktail, one-sixth Zitronen soft. Zitronen is lemon, and soft is juice. Okay, so that's okay, that's pretty right, straightforward. Uh, one-sixth orangen soft. What's that going to be? Sure. Yeah. One-sixth Grenadine. One-sixth Sweden punch, which is Swedish punch. One-sixth Dry gin. Uh, that's a tough yeah. one. <laughs> And then one sixth Weinbrand, brand, and that's wine brandy oh, yeah. or cognac. So, so you know, it's all it's it's not super hard. But then you get into weird ingredients, creme de mocha. I'm not sure. There are all these coffee drinks, apricot juice, ingver liqueur—that's ginger liqueur. I happen to know the obscure drinks are obscure for a reason. Yeah, you ultimately realize, you know. There are very few forgotten cocktails that are worth actually mixing and drinking. That's a shame.
0: I know. You'd like to think that these books contain all all amazing drinks. They're all winners and proven winners, but it's not true. I mean, I think in some ways, like the Jerry Thomas book, why it's prized, the drinks there, right, are mostly, you know, he tested them out and like, you know, they're his drinks and yeah, or some of these other even books. Even then we don't make yeah. most
1: of the drinks in there either. Right. You know what we make is the sours, the the right. you know the 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 cocktail, a couple of the punches, right. uh, the Tom and Jerry, you know. There's there's a lot that we don't make of these partly for that reason we don't have the ingredients right. or they just seem weird. But I mean there are classic cocktails, uh forgotten classics that were popular back in the day and are delicious. I mean, I've got a couple that I like. I still like yeah. to to make. One of my favorites is this drink, the Rose Cocktail, mm-hmm. and and that's from uh, the Chatham Bar in Paris. Sure. And the Chatham was a bar where like American horse players hung out. Okay. In the American Paris used to have an American neighborhood, right? Which was uh, near where Harry's Bar is now. That's not Makes a coincidence, sense. right? Yeah, and. Uh, it was this was across the street from Harry's and the, the Chatham, this bartender Johnny Mitta came up with this thing. I don't know anything else about Johnny Mitta, but it's a really simple drink. It's a, a spoonful of uh red currant syrup, which we don't have. Right. <laughs> but you can substitute raspberry syrup, sure. which we do have. Uh so a bar spoonful of that, and then uh an ounce of Kirschwasser. There aren't a lot of Kirschwasser cocktails on the book, right? On uh, the books, uh, and then two ounces of dry vermouth, and you stir it all up and strain it. And Doesn't it's, sound bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not super strong because it's two ounces of vermouth to one right. ounce of, uh, you know, Kirschfasser dry cherry brandy, yeah. like pot distilled, kind of funky. And that drink was really popular. Yeah. In at least in Paris, it didn't really jump out of Paris because. Uh, The Syrup de Grosse, the red currant syrup, is not something that they have outside of France. And uh, Kirschwasser is hard to get and
0: expensive. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it's actually a very – it's a really tasty drink. And have you ever seen it on a modern menu or – I haven't. Yeah. I used to make
1: them. I still make them occasionally because it's so good. But, you know – Nobody makes that. Yeah. And that that one's worth reviving. Yeah. Uh, and have you come across any uh, real killers that, uh, <laughs> that 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 are lurking in the archives there?
0: I mean, I think in some ways less obscure, you know, like I yeah. think even some of the, you know, what's in a lot of these books, you know, are, you know, you have like a hundred versions of, you know, Martini or a hundred yeah. versions of an old fashioned or a Manhattan and you know, going down some of those rabbit holes, which, I mean, it's basically how modern bartenders work anyway, right, where they're Mm -hmm. swapping out, you know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? you know, gin for vodka or tequila for gin. I mean, obviously more modern than what would be found in these books. But even some of the things like drinks that people know but nobody makes, like the Vesper, you know what I mean? Like right. something like that, which is basically a martini but half gin, half vodka, right? I mean, that's something. Yeah, know, that's with a couple of tweaks here and there. Right, yeah. and, and and those types of, I think, are, are, you know, lost classics that we can still grab. You mm-hmm. know I mean? They're just within arm's reach where some of the other ones are – you know, or even further away. Yeah.
1: I mean I'd include like the Rob Roy, which is yeah. easy to get in a in yeah. a bar and, and hardly anybody drinks them. But yeah. you know, that's an absolutely delicious drink. Yeah. if you like Manhattans, it's a just a little change yeah. up on a Manhattan, you know, with a Scotch whiskey instead of uh instead of rye and that's about it.
0: Yeah. I, I one of um you know obviously you know New York was sort of a fertile ground for cocktail creation. I mean you have the Manhattan mm-hmm. But you also had the Bronx cocktail, which doesn't get a lot of, you know... Uh, it's
1: hard to make that one delicious. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not bad.
0: It's not bad. I've had I've had Dale DeGraw's version once. Yeah. The first time we met, he, he heard that I was from the Bronx. And he said, have you ever had the Bronx cocktail? I, I had no idea what he was talking about, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I was 22. I mean, what, what did I know about cocktails? Yeah, you thought it involved crack. <laughs> <laughs> at that time. At, <laughs> at that, that time, time. probably. Um, and... Um, you know, he whipped it up and I was like, okay, like yeah. this is, this is a good, I mean, it's what, it's orange juice. Yeah, I mean, a little
1: bit of orange juice, dry vermouth, was, sweet vermouth and gin.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, so not. it's, uh, you know, I, again, I I think you need a light touch with some of those ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not maybe something that I'd want every day, but, you no. know, that's. But, that it, but again, it's, you know, summer drink, you know, citrusy, you know. Yeah,
1: it's, it depends on the occasion with that right. one.
0: And smaller, I'd say, is better. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like maybe an ounce and a half. You don't want a pint of a uh, no, cocktail. No, I maybe an ounce and a half, ounce yeah, kind of, you know, just yeah. like a before dinner. Yeah, but, a little tiny thing. But even some of the things like the sours, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a New York sour, too, that you don't see very often. Yeah, I've end. been
1: advocating that one for a long time. I yeah. love that drink. Yeah. It's a... A whiskey sour that you float a little red wine on top. And that totally transforms the drink.
0: And the and the tweak is you you pour usually over the back of a bar spoon. Yeah. Nice. So so
1: so that you get a layer on top. Yeah. It's the kind of drink that if you order it in a bar, next thing you know, there are about four more of them right. on the bar because it's really beautiful. It's got this layer of red on top of the the tawny whiskey sour. You know. Yeah. You do it up without ice. I see too many people doing it on the rocks, and it kills the uh, uh, the layer. Also, they they put egg white in it, right. and that kills so the layer no also. Yeah. yeah. No egg white. It, it's an up drink. And what whiskey would you, you— I would use a good rye.
0: Good rye. Yeah, yeah, a good
1: crisp rye. Yeah. And then you get a, a nice, you know, Cabernet-type red wine, something right. that's that's spent some time in barrel. Right. Just to give it a little uh, almost—it almost works like bitters, you know? Right. It's kind of woody and, and astringent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you've
0: got the, the whiskey sour underneath. And, your, and just your standard whiskey sour recipe, I guess, the—
1: well, my favorite version is actually the one that they make at Clover Club here in, in New York where they do half an ounce of lemon juice and a quarter ounce of orange juice in there. Right. And then uh, sugar and uh, sugar syrup and, and rye and, uh, you know, a couple ounces of rye and a float of lemon.
0: Yeah. Those types of drinks are ones. I mean, it's sort of, you know, prototypical of what you'd find in a lot of these cocktail books where it's, you know, it's it. you have the standard recipe and then you have yeah. all of these, you know, yeah. you just have to people. keep looking
1: through them and look through them very, very carefully and look for the small details. Yeah. You know, if you get even like you can buy a reprint of the Savoy cocktail book. Sure. There are hundreds of drinks in there yeah. and a few of them are well known. Most of them are not. Right. And go through them and just look, be very patient, you know. And
0: and do you think that, you know, I've heard, you know, over the years that people say that, you know, the palate has changed, that, you know, drinks were less balanced back in the day. I mean, do you think that, you know, somebody like Harry Craddock, who wrote the Savoy cocktail book in 1930 or it comes out in 1930, the drinkers wanted – Different types of cocktails. I, I think, think that's
1: part of it. also part of it is Sturgeon's law that 95 percent of everything is crap. <laughs> <laughs> so right. you know you go through this and uh, right. a lot of these these drinks in the old books are like shake together, brandy, gin, and Kummel. Right. You know like three three liquors right you know, or two liquors in a liqueur that's never going to be great, right. you know it's also really strong and just not delicious right. and, uh, you know it's it's or or it's like four kinds of liquors, you know right. it's like scotch whiskey, gin, and uh Jamaica rum right. that's your drink that's not a good drink.
0: We have the same debate now where, you know, I always push for doing stories or cocktail recipe archives that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you don't need 10,000 drink recipes, right? I mean, it's not – there may be 100 drink recipes that you need. And a lot of it is stuff that either they're variations or they're terrible. The publishers of the – nineteenth century were trying to fill up their books. Yeah to exactly. make them thicker. Yeah. You know, you've all of these editors, you know, who are trying to make their websites seem more robust by mm-hmm. adding all of these crazy, you know, concoctions that nobody is gonna make and if God forbid they make them, they're not gonna like them. And
1: a lot of cocktails should only be made once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and when you think about it, I mean like somebody like it was a Dick and Fitzgerald who yeah. publishes Jerry Thomas's book in eighteen sixty two, you know, mm-hmm. they published a number of cocktail books and liquor books. But also, like, if you look, you know, in the back of some of the books, they're kind of like Kaplan test prep. There's, you know, an ad for all of their other. Yeah. And it's almost like an ad that you'd see, like, in the back of a comic book, right? Like, jokes, like a thousand jokes. Like, how to be the perfect host. You know, like, all, almost an infomercial for all of these sort of.
1: Yeah, it makes you kind of. Scratch your head about the quality of the information right. you're
0: getting <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean if anything the the cocktail liquor books might have been some of the most refined books that they were That's selling. true, and like the most researched and the best, and the other ones are kind of like and you you know sort of these weird you know mix of you know advice humor self help and they're all sold for not very much, I mean no, these they were true. Very, yeah. these were meant to be you know. You know, read and thrown away, or not really last. You know. Cocktail
1: books were not published usually by the most prestigious publishers. No. You know, there there are exceptions. Right. There, Mark Twain published uh, William Schmidt's The Flowing Bowl. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Warner Publishing was his publishing company huh. that he went broke on, right. And spent the rest of his life trying to pay off the debts. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> no <laughs> on, good on that deed publishing goes company. unpublished. Yeah, I think it was his son-in-law. Right. You know, so right. something like that. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, yeah, they were not published right. by uh, well-curated publishing
0: houses. And you even see that through the 20th century. Like I, you know, I have a few that are like like basically just pamphlets right and yeah. it's like the same company that would publish joke books and toast books and you know you know cheaply made from the midwest sort of like what they would call like a novelty company you know yeah, and
1: most of the recipes are plagiarized and right. years out of date right you get books uh, in the 1910s the recipes are all plagiarized from Jerry Thomas in 1862 right. and nobody's drinking those drinks anymore right. you know no, nobody's really interested in in uh, like a, a gin fix, right. you know, with berries and all this stuff like that. Right. Nobody drinks like that.
0: It's you know, as you've ordered your book about like how to make a million dollars, like how to talk to anybody, like how to be a master yeah, yeah. And, You know, it's like in that kind of stack of books, and it's well, yeah. I mean, you all, get those books today also, right. where
1: they've. Hundreds of cocktail recipes, most of which nobody will ever make. Absolutely. You know, you don't need that many recipes, as you said.
0: And I think it's one of these, you know, especially home bartenders always, I think there's a real um, veneration of the professional bartender, Mm -hmm. like, oh, they have, you know, millions of recipes like in their head. And it's, you know, we did a story, Wayne Curtis did one recently for the Daily Beast about how. You know, there are a few different schools to memorize recipes, Mm -hmm. but basically it comes down to that, A, a lot of them are very similar, so that, like, you're swapping out one or two. Yeah, you remember
1: the variations.
0: Right. You know, really that there aren't that many cocktails to memorize when it comes down to it. Uh, You know, there's a basic canon and then – Obviously, there are always going to be outliers and and other ones, but
1: uh, yeah, I try not to clutter my brain up with too many of these variations anymore. Right. If I want to make a cocktail, <laughs> uh, there's enough going you, on in there. Well, one, <laughs> but also the thing is, is you don't need an right. old recipe to make a great cocktail. You need to know what goes into a good cocktail. Right. You know, it's, or what you
0: have, what yeah, you want out what, of what it.
1: Yeah, what 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 you want out of it. Uh, what proportions work and yeah. you need a few simple tricks it's like italian cooking you know right. it's like here are my ingredients here are a couple tricks yeah. i know i'll come up with something tasty well, it, it's not too fancy
0: <laughs> i often have the experience where i'll be at somebody's house and i'll be you know you know a few drinks in or late in the evening and they're like oh make us something good to drink right and you mm-hmm. like start you know prowling through their you know refrigerator pantry you know what's left over from whatever they made for dinner you know all the ingredients and I start throwing stuff into a you know mixer mm-hmm. you know you're, you know mixing glass or a shaker and, you know you, you you pour something in and you're like oh that's that's delicious like what did I come up with and right I, right and then you realize that basically you've made like you know whatever it is like a yeah. whiskey sour or yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. You, you've you made the last word <laughs> right exactly you've, you've, you've yeah. by accident you've made something that's already well known but again that's whether or not you know that you've made. A gin gimlet or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it still tastes good. I mean, that's the thing. You're you're like, oh, fresh juice, you know. Oh, the gin, okay. A little sweetener, whatever, some kind of mint or you know. I think that's where the skill comes in. Then
1: as now, is it's in knowing your ingredients. Yeah, you know what every ingredient is. You know what it tastes like. And then you know what you can mix it with,
0: right? And then and then and then you figure out what, what it's called afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I was
1: uh, I was in Rome uh, a couple of weeks ago. They had me do a little video for this bar, the Jerry yeah. Thomas Project. These guys are friends of mine. I was mixing a drink, right? And I'm okay. What am I going to mix here? You know, this Great. is a really famous bar, and I'm looking at what they have. And so I, I mixed uh, a gin that they make with lime juice and uh, maraschino liqueur and. Strega Italian liqueur okay. because I bought a bottle of Strega recently and realized all it is is a knockoff of Chartreuse. And oh, that's interesting. So yeah. uh, you and the Last Word cocktail is right. gin, Chartreuse, maraschino and lime juice. So
0: which which was supposedly invented as as we both know in Detroit, right? Yeah, that exactly. at the Detroit Athletic Club where uh, Dave and I have had the fortune of sipping Last Words uh, Which last is a winter? delicious drink. Yeah.
1: So I've looked around, I saw strega, I'm in Italy, right. let me use the Italian yeah. ingredient, and what can I do with it? I can make a last word, and I'll call it the ultima parola, right. <laughs> the last word in Italian. You know, but that that's like, that's how the drinks got into these books, right. you know, as people did that, and then that's oh, what you can do now. It's yeah. You know the ingredients, you know what you can use it for, right. and uh what works and then every once in a while something completely out of left field comes up
0: yeah it's true
1: you know and that there's no predicting long island iced tea uh we have talked about before that's one of those that yeah. there's no predicting that drink right it's a, it's a mess but it right it, you works. Know, it works in its weird yeah. way or you know some drinks are like that they just they just work but
0: well, and i think there's a reason why so many of the drinks that are popular today are ones that people have been drinking for a century you know oh, I mean, yeah it's Old-Fashions, Manhattans, you know, Martini, I mean, whatever the variation and, you know, decade, you know, they, they fall in and out of favor, you know, depending on which decade you're looking at. But they're always around, like they're always, you know, on the bubble, like on the periphery. Well, I'm, I'm reminded
1: of that, uh, you know, that movie, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World sure. with every celebrity from 1960 yeah. in it. Yeah. Well, there's Jim Backus, you know, later, Mr. Howell on Gilligan's Island. He plays a uh, pilot who's going to fly these guys from one part of Southern California to the other. The only problem is he's dead drunk. And they they get him in the plane. They're flying, and uh, he goes to these guys. uh, Somebody go back there and make me an old-fashioned and they go, "What well, you know? You're flying. Don't you think that's a bad idea?" He says, "Stop kidding." And then, and then <laughs> the guy goes, "What if something goes wrong?" And he says, "What could go wrong with an old fashioned?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. That's what I always think. Yeah, that's exactly.
1: <laughs> what could go wrong with an old fashioned?
0: As people are pouring over these these old cocktail books and now the modern equivalent, the websites, you know, it's. It's good to have it, uh, an old-fashioned in hand as you're, as you're flipping through the pages and, and thinking about some of these recipes. Yeah, a uh, lot
1: of them are better to read than to drink. Right. <laughs> Let's have that old-fashioned. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> we'll continue to mix them up looking for the next uh, yeah. Lost Classic. If you find one, let us know. Cheers. Cheers.